driving home from the dentist. The seeker enters a nightmare world, a hellish tennis court of their own creation. You're the one that she can see. Tennis? Guess I heard you right the first time. You begin to feel ill after drinking the milk, but you have to drive on. You don't really like to call it a fax machine now. really messed up. This book ushers in the beginning of the period of the Burger King. King. So yak it on the highway, on the road. In ancient Pompeii, there was a snack bar. From what we know about that old and well-preserved city, it seems that the Pompeians, when they weren't participating in strange and mysterious rituals, liked to eat tasty snacks. Archaeologists working in the ruins of Pompeii unearthed the snack bar in 2020, when they were looking for the preserved bones of victims of the volcanic eruption that buried all the residents of that city alive. Legend has it, on the day of the eruption, people were hungrier than usual so it is no surprise that many lined up to purchase snacks that fateful day. They say that as lava and ash poured down the mountain, one person took refuge behind the snack bar. That snack bar was Nathaniel Carter. From the Public Radio Alliance in Minnow Beats Whale, this is Tannis. I'm Nick Silver. We're claiming to tell the story of Tannis in order week to week, so if you haven't listened before, you should go back to the beginning. We'll try not to get too far ahead. By the time you get back. Have you ever considered doing an unpaid internship with me? In our last episode, we dug up some information on the horn, or tooth, or horn. More on that later. But first, I called Cameron Ellis to ask about the mysterious fax machine we found in the military warehouse during the last episode, near what Ellis calls the breach. Hello, Nick. Ellis? What can I do for you? I was hoping you could tell me a bit more about this fax machine we found. Ellis? We don't really like to call it a fax machine, Nick. Oh? Ellis? Goodbye, Nick. We'll have more on the mysterious fax machine next time. In the meantime, MK got in touch to say she had found something. How's it going, MK? Not great, Nick. What'd you find? Send me the Bitcoin and then I'll tell you. Okay, sending now. Finally, someone around here appreciates me. It took me a lot of digging. What kind of digging? Oh, 
I just followed some ghost widgets, planted a few tracker bots, and mastered five coding languages to find it. So what is it you found? It's in your inbox. I opened the email MK had sent. It was full of photos of ancient insects. Insects that were holding tiny copies of the Malacetic Atlas. Squarespace is my only friend. Use code Nicodemus for 15% off when you sign up for Squarespace. Squarespace, a better friend than most. When you're chasing down a story for any possible semblance of coherence or an ending, you need socks. You need bomb-ass socks. The sock that goes over your ass. Some people may call this underwear, but I call it comfy as hell. I try to keep the ads on this show PG-13, or as we say in Canada, Canadian PG-13. But it's difficult because bomb-ass socks are the bomb. Use code MEDICALMALPRACTICE to get 20% off your first order of bomb-ass socks. After looking through the email for more clues, I went down to Dr. Beignet's office to see the results of my latest brain scan. Hello, Nick. Hi, Dr. Beignet. What was it you wanted to see me about? First of all, my name is not Dr. Beignet. What? I've been Louise this whole time. Nick? Sorry. This is just hard to process. There's more. What is it? Dr. Beignet? I mean, Louise? Louise? She's crazy. Oh. Okay. I've been spraying the air with drugs. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. Thanks for taking the time. So anyway, the results of your latest brain scan showed something very interesting. Let me just induce you into a state of hypnosis. I'm ready. As Dr. Beignet, or as she calls herself, Louise, started asking me if I was sleepy, I felt myself slipping into the darkness. Suddenly, I was alone, in a clearing, in a forest. The sun was shining, but it wasn't warm. It felt cold, like the light coming from your fridge that can't seem to seal closed at night. I was staring at it for what felt like eons before I thought, I can't stare into the sun. Then I remembered something, a conversation I'd had in a dream. I was standing in my house when I got a call from Cult of Tannis Paul. Did you receive the package? Package? Yes. What package? The one I sent you. I haven't gotten any snail mail recently. A lot of people put themselves in a lot of danger to get you that package, Nick. Hold on. Someone's at my door. Oh. Delivery? Great. Thanks so much. Open it. Oh. It's just some pizza I ordered for MK and I after we finally didn't have sex. I know. You know? Yes. You know it's pizza or you know about me and MK? 
Open the box, Nick. And where are you now? I'm talking on the phone with Cult of Tannis Paul. He's saying that I should open the box of pizza I just got. And how are you feeling? I... I've lost my appetite. Okay. What else? I feel... the blur. It's happening. It's okay. You're safe here. Are you comfortable to open the box? Yes. And I opened the box. The smell of cheese grease and animal sweat hit me hard. I felt the blur come all around me as I looked down at the 15 slices on the pizza. The pepperoni was distributed across the glistening, oily surface of the food all on one side, and in the shape of a pen. I heard the sound of a typewriter exploding somewhere off in the distance. I felt the blur moving through me, taking control of my body. I reached into the box and grabbed a slice, the one that would have been the tip of the pen. I took a bite. When I did, I felt something in my skull move. My right canine came loose and tore at the root, making the rest of my head ache. I couldn't even chew as I looked down at the pizza slice. I couldn't believe my eyes. I closed my eyes. Then I opened my eyes. I was back in the clearing. The pizza slice was still in my hand. There was something wet on my face, coming down from my mouth. I touched it, fearing the worst. It was drool. I looked down at the pizza slice. There, right where the tip of the pen would have been, was the gray shard, or horn, or tooth. Then I heard something moving in the forest. It was my bowels. I had forgotten my extreme lactose intolerance and my haste to comply with Cult of Tannis Paul's request. And then, I passed out. Tired of having to visit the post office to pick up your lamps? Well, with Lamps.com, those worries are a thing of the past. Get your lamps delivered right to your door, no special equipment required. I can't even explain how much the post office disgusts and terrifies me, even more than the things I've seen in the woods of the Pacific Northwest. But thanks to all the time you save on lamp delivery with Lamps.com, you'll have more time for writing plot lines that disappear into the ether and for waking mysterious eldritch gods accidentally on purpose. Lamps.com. The better way to ship lamps. While looking for more information on the tooth, or shard, or tooth, one of our interns stumbled across a strange book with a coded message in a used bookstore. I called the shop owner, Mildred Pines to ask about it. Hi, Miss Pines. Hello, Nick. Great to hear your voice. I have listened to every episode of your show. Thanks for taking the time. Please explain to me later what a podcast is. Yes, 
So the book says here that there is a lot of information available about the gray shard or tooth or horn or shard or tooth, but that you have to be a member of the Pen 15 Club to find it. What could that possibly mean? I'll ask my friend M.K. to look into it. You mean your girlfriend? No. Why does everyone keep asking that? I don't know. I thought maybe it would be funny this time. Anyway, I have to go. Paying customers and all that. Mildred? Mildred? I was unable to get any more information from Mildred. As I was about to leave the studio, MK called. Nick? I have something for you, but you're not going to like it. What's that? It's really messed up. MK? I sent out one of your six interns to get you pens, but she could only find them in packs of 15. Nick? So it's really them? Shit. The Pen 15 Club. How do they know where we are? We'll be back with more suspenseful threads of vague plot in two weeks. In the meantime, keep looking. going to give a weird legal disclaimer that may or may not be part of the kayfabe. Thank you for listening to Tannis. Actual credits from Atlantic Northeast stories? That <laughs> can't be what we're going with. Anyway, Tennis, Guess I Heard You Write the First Time was written by Gina Caputo and Maria Caputo with a dream sequence by Lily Desmond. This episode was directed by Maria Caputo. It was edited and produced by Tony Di Toronto and Maria Caputo. Music performed and produced by Maria Caputo and Lily Desmond. Additional theme music vocals by Jeremy Lipson. Sound effects googling by Gina Caputo. The episode featured sound effects from the BBC Sound Effects Archive and freesound.org. There's more. Putting together a podcast remotely with contributors from the northeastern United States to California? It's complicated. We thank everyone who ventured into the breach with us. Today's episode featured the voices of Jeremy Lipson as Nicodemus Silver. Max Singer as Cameron Ellis, Maria Caputo as MK, Gina Caputo as Dr. Beignet and Louise, Tony DiToronto as Cult of Tennis Paul, Lily Desmond as Mildred Pines and Alex Regan, and Jack Plough as the Mysterious Man. This episode was created and intended as a loving parody, and we offer it to the world for free with apologies to Terry Miles. Seeking tennis, running shoes available. I don't understand. It's not an easy thing to understand.